Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Experience in the business world, whether it be in sports or out of sports, is always beneficial. Our next guest has had 20 years of experience and just over a year ago became the president of the Chicago Fire Football Club. I'm excited to have Ishwara glassman crying. Ishwara, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm very excited to talk about your illustrious career. And now you spent time both in and outside of the sports business world. What would you say are some key similarities in the different types of business? Yeah, I mean, one thing I always tell people, we had a bunch of people in the office yesterday, we hosted an event for the Chicago Land Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, I think people always want to get into the sports industry. The sports industry has always, you know, been one of those jobs that people dream of. Um, Funny enough, I always, you know, I didn't even know it was a job. So we'll come back around to that. But I think what I always tell people is just like any other company, we have lawyers, we have accountants, we have marketers, we have people who sell things. So just like in any other industry, figure out what you're good at and make a career of it in sports. Like the vast majority of people who work in sports don't aren't agents and don't actually physically train athletes. Most of us are actually helping the business make money in one way or another. Yeah, yeah, we always joke, like when somebody comes to interview, like I, I may burst your bubble here, but like you're not going to be the starting goalie or the starting quarterback or anything like that. And, you know, so so going back, you grow up in San Diego, California. You go on to graduate uh, from Columbian University with a degree in economics and political science and then received your master's in international affairs from Columbia as well. So as you thought at that point in time, what were your career plans? What did you want to do? Yeah, I think if you had asked me when I was really little, I would have wanted to be like an astronaut. And then I realized that I don't even like roller coasters. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't going to work out. I think then I I graduated to thinking I wanted to be president. That lasted for a really long time. And there's actually still a part of me that really wants to work in government. But I don't know, as I've spent more time in politics, I don't think I want to run for office. But I think my retirement plan many, many years from now is maybe be like ambassador to some interesting country. Yeah. country that's interesting enough that there aren't you know, that there's something to do, but not so interesting that bombs are going off in the background. Right, everything, yeah. It'd be a fun <laughs> travel. like place. Germany or yep. Australia or something, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, Luxembourg's probably not interesting enough. Iraq's probably too interesting, you know, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in between. Yeah, exactly. Um, somewhere where people would visit you. Um, yeah, so in college, I think, and then I guess in high school, I interned in my uncle's law firm, realized, you know, there's a lot of glory in internships and learning what you don't want to do. I always, we have a bunch, we have, 22 summer interns at the fire and I'm always telling them I'm like it's okay for you to be here and realize that you don't dream of working in marketing or ticket sales or that whatever you're doing isn't actually the right fit for you half of you know growing up is learning what you don't like to do as well but having respect for those who do um 
And then in college, interned a lot in banks, did a lot. I mean, I, I went to college in New York. So everybody, you know, everybody kind of. Everybody was there. Yeah. Um, no, I wanted to work in business. I really liked fixing things. Nice. Well, Shwara, you started your career with McKinsey and Company, then the Lehman Brothers, and spent nine years with WME IMG, which is now Endeavor. And during your time there, you oversaw operations and strategic planning. And so throughout your time there, you focused heavily on Salesforce optimization, asset acquisition, and valuation. And you and your team were really focused on selling across all divisions across yeah. the entire world. How is that experience for you? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I enjoyed most about my time at IMG was the international aspect of it. We, we got to do, I got to work in, let me think, China, Turkey, India, all over Western Europe, of course, all over the United States too. And, you know, actually I did, as you said, I did a master's in international affairs. So, you know, a lot of my classmates did go on to work in government, but working in sports, even in soccer, what I do today, it's actually really international. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really love about it. And I think one of the things you also learn when you work abroad for a company is that, you know, of course you, you know, me as an American, of course I bring some expertise, but I don't know how to run a golf business in, in India or how to plan an event in China. Like I can bring my, whatever I think, maybe my best in class expertise, but there's a lot, a lot of local knowledge and you are well suited to go into these environments. One, wanting to learn about their culture, because I genuinely do. I, I mean, the reason I like international affairs is I like learning and exploring different right. cultures. But two, also coming in as equals and respecting that they have a lot of knowledge and expertise that you don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. As you were doing business across the entire world, what were some differences that, you know, maybe from doing business in the U.S. to, to some of these other countries? Yeah, I mean, a, a few obvious differences are the, um, the degree of government involvement and the type of government approvals that you need to get things done. Um, I think also, you know, different countries have had different levels of trying to find the nicest ways of of experience having women in leadership roles. So that is an interesting dichotomy when you go to certain countries as well, even in terms of what the expectations are of what you're going to wear or how you're going to behave. Or, you know, one of the most amazing things that has happened that I find that happens more often outside of the US is that when you go on a business trip, people invite you into their homes to have dinner with them. That's happened to me in Turkey yeah. and in China and in India. And it's it's amazing. I mean, that doesn't generally happen in the US. And it's, you know, and for example, I went on a business trip to Beijing years ago and you know, she spent her entire Saturday, my colleague in Beijing, showing me around her city. Now, if someone came to Chicago, I, I would be honest to tell you that I, I probably wouldn't take my whole Saturday to show them around Chicago. Right. It's just, it's not how U.S. business works, but it was, it was amazing to see Beijing from her perspective. Yeah. And incredibly no. kind and generous of her. No, that's awesome. Well, and, and post that time there with WME IMG, you were then the head of sports partnership and business development at Yahoo Sports, Verizon Media, where you led relationships and the negotiations with all the leagues, broadcasters, streamers, and data technology companies. And so negotiation was certainly a big piece. So walk the listeners through, how are you planning for some of those big meetings? Yeah. And negotiating deals is actually one of my very favorite things. Um, I, it's funny because my staff does a lot of it on my behalf today at the fire. I'm always itching to get in. Like, come on, let me in. Yeah. Like, come on, let me be a part of this. Yeah. Me, I love this. Um, no, I mean, I think at, at Verizon, Yahoo, I learned a lot about negotiation. I mean, there's always the simple axiom of be really, really well prepared. I read every single page of every contract we signed, every detail, worked through it with our lawyers. You need a good team, right? You also need people who are experts in you know, every aspect. I mean, I think when we did the big MGM deal we did, we had 10 people because we needed a marketing expert, several lawyers, even the lawyers had different expertise. You need a, yes, yep. a trademark lawyer, you know, and so on and so forth, privacy lawyer, um, finance people. But 
I think the most important part of any negotiation is twofold. One, understanding the rank order of priorities for you. What can you give on and what can you not give on and you know, what you're willing to trade. Yep. But no, then, absolutely. Two, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, <laughs> then, go ahead. And then two, I think what I think is the nuance that I learned as I got more senior, more mature, grew up, thought a little bit about the world outside my own perspective is what does the other side need? Two things. One, why can't that, like when, when I was a negotiator, I would, I would say, I've understood that you've said no, but why? What are the issues involved? Why can't you give? Is this, my favorite thing I used to like to say to the leagues is, is this about religion or is this about money? Because we were doing a betting deal. Like, oh, what, okay. what's the real issue here? If I paid you enough, would it be okay? Or are you would just be... never going to allow this? Yep. Like, for example, like player images and betting or something like that. And then two, so why are they so, you know, what are the nuances? And then most importantly, perhaps, what would make the person on the other side of the table have a win? What do they need to get out of this deal to look good too? Because at the end of the day, I always say to our partners that in a good deal, we aren't looking at the contract every day. You're not saying to me, page 16, item B says you have to do this. We're both saying to ourselves, is this a good, is this something good for both sides? Of course, the contract's there to protect us, but in a good deal, it should be a good deal for both sides because deals that screw one side or the other don't work in the long run. Like it needs to be a fair deal for both sides. For both sides. And lastly, I'd say that the sports industry is a very small world, as you know. You don't yeah. want to be the person who goes into deals and screws people over left and right. Like right. you, I was, I'm sure if you talk to people, I would, they would tell you I have a reputation for you know, pretty direct, tough negotiator. But you do want to do deals that are fair and work for everyone because relation, this business is all about relationships. It's all about it. And it'll come back around. It always comes back around. You end up being on the other side of the table yeah. all the time. Well, or you end up on- just seeing them at a conference. You're like, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and speaking on being on this side of the table, you, you spent a lot of time, you know, working with sports teams and throughout your career and working with teams. And just over a year ago, you had the opportunity to get to the other side of the table and you joined yeah. the team side as the president of the Chicago fire FC of the MLS. And so what intrigued you about that opportunity? Yeah. I mean, I, I love my time at IMG and love my time at Verizon, learned different things in both places. Um, but wanted, wanted a new challenge. I was really happy where I was, but sometimes something amazing comes. There were a few things that I really loved about this. One, I think that there's huge growth in soccer. Chicago's the third biggest market in the country. Joe Mansueto, who owns the fire, is endlessly humble, kind, good to work for, has values that I share, and has given us a lot of resources to turn this club, frankly, to turn this club around and to make it great. Yep. Um, I like fixing things. So I like the opportunity yeah. to make something greater. Nice. And, and so your short time there, yeah. what are you and the team most proud of from an accomplished yeah. standpoint? Yeah, I think, you know, I've been focused very much on three big things. One is you know, people ticketing and sponsorship. So on the people side, we've hired really great people and made it a great place to work. We've focused heavily on diversity and inclusion. We've done great work with maternity and paternity leave and paying interns, casual dress, flexible work. We've made it a best in class place for people to work, like really thinking first and foremost about what makes people happy because happy people are better employees and help us hit our goals. And it's how I want to lead. I mean, I want to work in a place where people are happy to be there because you know how it is. People work really hard in the sports industry. It's fun, but like I'm going to work Monday to Friday and then tomorrow we have a game that, you know, so it's the grind. Yep. It's a lot of work, but it's really fun Um, to on the ticketing point. We want, when you run a team, you think you're running a business and you are, but you're also very much running a community asset, right? When I walk around Soldier Field, people will say to me, well, I'd like you guys to win more. I'm like, well, yeah, nobody wants to win more than I do. Yeah, no argument there. Belongs to the city of Chicago. So how do we 
build relevance and become more important to the city of Chicago. And so more people want to come to games. And then lastly is connecting with corporate Chicago. We've done some really big deals with brands like Revolution Brewing, which is really popular and good beer here in Chicago, Wintrust Bank, extended with Procter & Gamble. Those are the three things. We'll keep doing more of it. But, you know, last year, our last game of the season, we had over 30,000 people in the building. And this year, we've had two games with great attendance. One, when the LA Galaxy here, we had over 30,000 people. I mean, it feels amazing in Soldier Field when that happens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today is Ishwara glassman crying president of the Chicago Fire Football Club. And Ishwara, let's get into the three hot topics now. So question one, there's been a lot of talk and certainly articles about the growth of the MLS as a whole. And one recent stat I saw was over the last decade, it actually rose in 27% interest. That's a long way, given almost a decade ago, there was a lot of concern, was the league going to make it? So why do you think the MLS as a whole has continued to grow? Yeah, I think there's a few different reasons. One, soccer is hugely international, and there are lots of populations within Chicago and across the U.S. that have immigrant populations who came from countries where soccer is the most popular sport. There's a lot of kids in America who play soccer and parents who take their kids to soccer games. And I think fundamentally for me, and relative, I'm a huge sports fan, but soccer is new to me. What I've loved about soccer is that it's fast, it's athletic, there's not a lot of commercial breaks, it moves quickly, and it's so international. Yep. I mean, I think yep. a lot of the families come to games and love that, you know, the game starts at seven and ends at nine and there's one break. It's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, there it is, yeah. I have That's an 11-year-old awesome. son. I sat in front row at the Cubs game a few weeks ago and I love baseball. He's like, this is so boring. <laughs> so frustrating. Well, can be he long. loves baseball. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, well, question two, in your role, you're overseeing all areas of the business from ticketing, marketing, sponsorship, real estate development, budgets, the list goes on and on. So what do you feel like you do on a consistent basis to prepare for the variety of conversations, meetings, and tasks yeah. for a role like that? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that makes up for hard work and preparation. I'm neurotically in box zero. But fundamentally, there's no possible way I could be an expert in everything we do. So you need to surround yourself with people that you trust who are good at what they do and empower and motivate them to do their jobs and try to get involved when they need you, but let them have room to run and grow and do the work themselves. I think the trickiest part is getting the different groups to collaborate. That yeah. is always the hardest part, because I yeah. think there's a nature in some organizations for people to be like, no, no, this is mine. Right. No, <laughs> absolutely. Know, like, for example, ticket sales is an effort in ticket sales. It's also marketing. It's also game operations. It also is community. 
Absolutely. And, and finally, question three, the MLS and soccer as a whole is well known for their supporter groups. And so yeah. the Chicago Fire FC has a variety of supporter group supporter yeah. groups. So how has your experience been immersing into that supporter culture and why is it so valuable for franchises? Right. I mean, one of the things that makes soccer unique versus some of the other big sports in the U.S. is the supporters culture. And I think I've, I often travel with the team to different stadiums. And I think that's what gets non-soccer fans so excited when they come to a game, just the energy and passion, the songs that they're singing, the, you know, the TIFO that they have up. I think that's what makes soccer so special and unique. But it's simultaneously a really big responsibility because supporters, as they should, see the team as theirs as well. Right. You know, we had an event, as I mentioned yesterday, we had supporters at the event, we had players at the event, and this is their team. They care passionately and they know what's going on with the team. And that's true of every sport, but the unique energy that supporters bring to a soccer stadium is really special. No, absolutely. Ishwara, you, you've done a tremendous job of always being willing to give back and, and you're certainly successful in your industry. What, why, you know, whether it be going on a podcast like this or, or speaking to people about career and development, why is it so important for you to always give back? One, it's really fun, right? I mean, the energy of talking to students in college and grad school and even high school is fun. It's enjoyable. And two, I mean, I do it partially because I'm always looking for good hires for the fire yep. and you know, to grow our brand and reputation. But I think largely a lot of it for me is about trying to find the next generation of great talent for the sports industry and trying to ensure that that talent is more diverse than it has been in the past, but in the most obvious ways in terms of gender and ethnicity, but also in terms of you know, different ways in terms of background and where they went to school and economic abilities and just differences of thought too. And one of the things in this role that's so important is having people who will challenge you, who tell you that you're wrong because none of us knows everything. Yep. Yep. And what, what a great career you've had in SPJ 40 under 40 award winner. So as you think back to your entire career, what's been your best memory? Yeah. I mean, I'll give you three quick ones. One, um, a business trip I did at IMG to Turkey was amazing. We got to sit on our partner CEO's yacht in the Mediterranean. I'm like, this is work. This is amazing. This, this is life. <laughs> this is life. Um, two, I mean, I think the most exciting deal I ever did was the deal I did when I was at Yahoo with MGM. That was, you know, it was hard work, but we became great friends. And I learned a lot about the betting space. And then three, I think for me now in this job, standing in the tunnel at Soldier Field when the team runs out to the roar of the crowd and thinking my aunt came to a game a few weeks ago. She's like, you're responsible for this. I'm like, well, not just me, but at some level, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. What it's a cool exciting. experience. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's what makes the sports business fun. Well, Ishwara, ton of great advice. Always fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. And to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Sure. If you owned a boat, what would you name it? Well, I have two kids, but my favorite child is the dog who's Henry. So I'd probably <laughs> name it after him. <laughs> Perfect. What's a clothing style trend that you would love to bring back? I think my favorite thing about COVID is that it's now socially acceptable to wear workout clothes 24-7, and I'm quite enjoying that. You take so. advantage of it. If <laughs> yeah. you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Uh, you know, I've worked in sports long enough to think I don't really fangirl, so for me, it would probably be, you know, I don't know. I know she's passed away, but if I could have had dinner with Luke Bader Ginsburg, that would have been really cool. Yeah. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, a few things. I mean, one, you know, work hard, treat others well, hire people who are different than you. It's always, you know, we always want to hire people who are younger versions of ourselves, but surround yourselves with people who have different skill sets than you do and listen to them and let them, let them disagree with you and encourage that. And, you know, I guess a few things, one, 
you know, treat others with respect, create a culture that really is your culture is who you are, yep. you know, celebrate the things that you want to be celebrated. Don't tolerate poor behavior, even if someone's a good seller, for example. And lastly, I would say touch the money, right? I mean, this business is a business too. try to bring in revenue to whatever organization you're working with. Yeah, no, great, great advice. You know, to your point, it's even this, the name of the podcast, 52 Weeks of Hustle, you're always, you always need to be working hard, treating others with, with respect. People will ultimately do business with people that they like, trust and respect. And, and I love it. You know, it's, we are in a revenue generating business. So how, how do you touch that money? So Ishwara, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career. Pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.